To begin today's show, I'm joined on the line by BC's Minister of Health, Adrian Dix. Minister Dix, how you doing here today? Good morning, Jeff. Great to be on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Um, so I just wanted to start by looking a little bit at yesterday. We saw 71 new cases announced in the province, and that was our largest single-day increase of COVID-19 cases in, in close to a month. Uh, I was just wondering if there's anything in particular that you might be able to attribute that increase to. Well, very clearly, there's a poultry plant in uh, the Vancouver Coastal Health Authority that had uh, uh, 28 cases uh, just in the plant, and then uh, uh, there may well be other cases beyond the plant, right, of family members and so on, and that had a major effect yesterday. There's two other things that uh, that um, happened yesterday that uh, mitigate that to some degree, mitigate the increase. One is that uh, we saw a reduction of six in people in hospital with COVID-19, which is good news, I think. There were, in long-term ter- care in Metro Vancouver, three deaths, and that's obviously very sad. And there are also fewer people in ICU from 51 to 46, which means there are fewer severely ill people in hospital as well. Those are also measures we look at. And it, this was very specifically in Metro Vancouver that we saw the increase. So in interior health, for example, yesterday, in spite of the fact that a lot of people were tested in interior health, um, there were no new cases and a reduction in the number of people in hospital and a reduction in the people in ICU. So this was specific. And what I think we've consistently said is let's not take too much from any individual day. I think really it's better to look at averages over days about new cases. And yesterday was an example in one direction. But look, we're very concerned, right? And in this case and in other cases, about clusters of people that are the result of effectively and perhaps people working sick. And right now, because of COVID-19, if you have respiratory illness, it's very unlikely to be influenza at this point because we're passing influenza season. So this is especially the time that when you're sick, you have to, have to, have to stay home. And I know that that's been the message from yourself and, and Dr. Henry now for quite some time. If you feel sick in any way, shape, or form, you know, you got to make sure you stay home. I have heard Dr. Henry say, even if you think it's just allergies, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, you got to make sure you're, you're 100% before going back to work. So with that in mind, I guess, um, I don't know if you can express maybe some disappointment with the fact that you are seeing, uh, in this particular case, when it comes to this poultry plant, that there were a number of people working who, who did have symptoms or were feeling unwell. I mean, is that something that you have a a lot of concern with in the sense that, you know, it's happened once here at a poultry plant, but who's to say that's not happening elsewhere right now as well? Well, as you know, and it's especially challenging in that industry, which is an essential service, right? We absolutely need to have uh, food to put on the table. So that poultry plant and the beef plant and other plants in Alberta, for example, where there was a severe case, some of the Tyson plants in the United States that are having problems. Uh, this work is very challenging work, very challenging to maintain physical distancing. People have to do it within workplaces. And uh, I think it, it illustrates the risk of people working sick. And look, I, I don't want to blame anybody who got sick because this is a terrible thing to get sick with. And uh, it's not anyone's fault, you know, that COVID-19 is here in our province and people are getting sick with it. So I don't want to be blaming people, but it's very, very important that people not work sick. And this is an especially, especially a challenge in essential uh, services such as healthcare and such as um, the food industry in a general sense, because, of course, all of those people are working right now. 
Uh, one, one of the major problems that has kind of been discussed throughout this whole pandemic really here in BC was the issue of uh, those working in long-term care facilities and um, and their ability to work at multiple facilities, right? And you have been working for quite some time to get uh, make sure that people are only working at one facility in order to reduce uh, the possible spread and, and that, tr- uh, that tracing that comes with it. Uh, just where are you in that process? I know there was some questions during yesterday's press conference about, uh, you know, people who are exempt from, from that rule, like doctors and pharmacists, but just where is right. the province in terms of getting um, those actual uh, long-term care workers into individual homes? I think in in most places um, the process is done. Most health authorities it's done. In Northern Health, you know, most of the most of the care homes there are in most communities in Northern Health there aren't multiple care homes in any event, right? In in a town, so um, and most people are health health authority owned and operated care homes, so it doesn't affect them. Interior Health is a little bit different, but it has some of the same you know circumstances in many communities. There's only one care home, so the issue doesn't apply. But it does in communities such as Kelowna and Kamloops, obviously, and uh, and I think they're making progress in interior health. They're getting there. Uh, Vancouver Coastal Health started first because that's where most of our deaths have been and most of the early severe cases, particularly at Harrow Park and Lynn Valley Care Homes, one in North Van and one in Vancouver. And Island Health is almost completely done. Fraser Health started later and has thousands of employees in these circumstances. And there's two considerations here that take a little time. If you allowed everyone to choose their own care home without organization, then you could have care homes that don't have sufficient staff. So the, it, it does take a little while because we're concerned with the residents, not just on this issue of multiple sites, but making sure that they have enough care. But they're getting they're getting closer, and it should be it should be done soon. This is a process that worked out over time, and like there was a time when there was one uh, collective agreement um, in long term care, whether they were public or private or or uh, health authority owned and operated. I think. Um, after Bill 29 and stuff, there's, uh, that happened a long time ago now, there are 95 contracts, and that makes it challenging. But uh, we've been on this from the beginning in all homes that have an outbreak, and it'll almost be done. And I think everyone would agree it's a very important thing to do. There are other important things to do in care homes, though, Jeff. That means, uh, unfortunately, the, the severe limits on visitors, the, um, the testing and the extraordinary testing that we've done uh, of care staff um, in the system is an important consideration. The proper use of PPE so that even in the circumstances where someone was sick, that residents are protected. Um, these are all things that uh, are required as well. I think we're making some progress, but people in care homes are incredibly vulnerable to this. And so uh, we have to take uh, extraordinary action. And we are, and um, we're going to have to continue to for a while to come. And I assume that that's probably going to be a policy that will be adopted on a permanent basis moving forward. I, can, I don't know if you can say for sure that that'll be the case yet or not. But uh, well, right, right now it's a provincial health order, and so it is. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, what we're facing with COVID-19 is um, uh, an illness without a, without a vaccine. Uh, and so uh, even though we're going through an initial period now and we're trying to flatten the curve now, until we get a vaccine, we're going to be dealing with COVID-19 for um, some time to come. And I would say that will be um, certainly more than a year or be at least a year anyway to come. Okay. Um, I know Premier uh, Scott Moe, Premier of Saskatchewan, is uh, planning to uh, give an address here at some point this morning uh, just to talk about his plans to reopen the province. And, and with that in mind, I just kind of wanted to ask you, um, you know, what 
other provinces are doing? How much is that potentially going to to dictate what we do here in BC? I, I'm assuming you know BC is on its own timeline, but I know that as we see other provinces start to try to open things up, there's going to be more pressure from the public to to follow suit. So I just wanted to know how kind of how you're looking at other provinces when it comes to this plan to to begin lifting restrictions. Well, we're, we're looking at them carefully. I mean, if, if you recall in March, uh, Quebec had an early spring break for students in March. And when people were coming back from spring break from different parts of the world, they were coming back sick. And that gave us, and watching them, uh, told us we needed to um, tell people before spring break not to go away. Right. So we are constantly looking at other jurisdictions from uh, Korea to uh uh, Hubei province in China to Italy to other things to guide our decisions. And that's true in this case. Saskatchewan has a different circumstance. Uh, I would say if you look across the country, Ontario and Quebec have seen the most cases, the most deaths, and in some respects the most chaos from this. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Alberta and BC are kind of on a similar track, I would say. Um, Alberta recently, just like us, had a very severe um, circumstance in a particular plant uh, in High River, Alberta. And so that was significant. I think hundreds and hundreds of cases in a town of 13,000, if you can imagine that. And so the, it's Saskatchewan that's had quite a bit, few fewer cases. So if we had their circumstances, uh, you might see us acting as they are right now, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's fair enough. And I've been in regular contact. Jim Reader's the health minister. He's a good guy there. And uh, we're in regular contact talking about these things. In BC, we were first with our modeling to tell people where we were at. This is why how we're making decisions. We um, we included, did more on modeling last week. I really encourage your viewers to look at that modeling, and in particular, page 34, which tells you a little bit about the consideration for the future. It shows what would happen if we took off all the restrictions. In other words, the virus would skyrocket, and we'd probably have to put restrictions back on, mm-hmm. and, and the kind of actions that we might be able to take, uh, the level of activity we might be able to take while maintaining control of transmission. So, we're going to be back. We said um, it was last Friday. We said we'd be back in uh, two weeks or a little over two weeks with more modeling and more advice and guidance on that question. And uh, we're on track uh, in BC. We'll be, there'll be some people ahead of us. There'll be some people behind us. But we've been first to provide the public with information, and we're just going to continue to do that. Well, Minister Dix, uh, I think that wraps up our time that I have scheduled here. So I really want to thank you for, uh, you know, coming on and speaking with me. I think this is our third uh, biweekly chat here now, it feels like. So really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me. Thank you so much. Happy to talk next week and we'll just uh, stay updated. And thanks to everybody in Kamloops. I think people uh, in the community are doing a great job here in in, uh, following the guidance. And that means they're saving lives and saving disruption. And uh, if we keep flattening the curve... um, Uh, we're going to be able to uh, hopefully uh, provide some opening soon. So that means continuing to do what we're doing. And I so appreciate it. I'm so grateful for it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. All right. You as well.